This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, Sleepy Edition. And then it's not a reflection on where we are in the season, although a little bit, as we are Jets fans. My name's Connor Farrell. Call me TC. I am joined from Gainesville. Hey, everyone. I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. And the reason I call this the Sleepy Pod is because it's much later than we usually podcast, and I think Brendan and I are both ready to collapse. But before we do, we are going to get this episode recorded so you guys have something nice to enjoy on your drive into work on Monday. Or when is this get released before? No, probably on your way home from work on Monday. Sometime. Sometime during the week. Or on your way to work on Tuesday. Some sort of uh, transit to or and or from work. How about that one? Maybe. You're feeling a bit like we are when we record. You like to listen to our sweet dulcety tones before you go to sleep. I don't know. but uh, Who am I to judge? Let's actually talk hockey for a bit. How about that? Let, let, let's talk some hockey. So today, as you may have noticed, unless you've been living under a rock for the last month or so, you may have noticed the NHL is in the middle of its playoffs. We're down to four teams. The Islanders. The Lightning, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. You may be wondering, Connor, what does this have to do with the Jets? Well, I'm here to tell you, if you want the Jets to be one of those four teams next year, they may want to start doing what these teams are doing. Are there similarities? Maybe. I haven't thought about it yet, but we'll figure it out together. You know, as they say, the NHL is a copycat league. Oh, for sure. Every now and then I still think about how um, right as the decade turned to the 2010s, uh, the Blackhawks kind of set the blueprint for how teams should build their rosters pretty much, build a core, find some secondary and tertiary players that can contribute. And then if they're not part of the core, they can be traded. Except at the end of that run when they decided that they still wanted to keep everyone despite the fact they were all They're old. old. Yeah, well, but that's kind of been the blueprint that teams have, have followed since. Yeah, draft it's, well, it make, is, a couple, make a couple big free agent signings, and um, don't make any dumb moves. Well, you see, many of the teams in this league are run by the hockey men who make dumb moves all the time. That is, that's fair. You know, P- Pierre Maguire interviewed for the job in um, Arizona. Pierre yeah, I'm Ma- not even sure why. <laughs> who was watching these broadcasts and goes, you know who we need to bring in? You know, we don't need to hire him. Let's just give him an interview. Did he get like two interviews too? Yeah. Is that just for the amusement of whoever's running the interviews? Is that I, possible? Have you ever like... Fun? Have you ever read the uh, Hartford Whalers' reactions to um, the team firing him? I I have seen, um, not clips, the print version of clips, quotes. I have that's, seen that's generally quotes. what we call them. Yes, 
listen, folks, it is going to be a rough one today. You know, I'm usually bad with words. I'm going to be extra bad with words today. See, this is all because you were watching college football earlier. So you got to like... I was watching a little bit of sports. And so... I mean, I also played a bunch of Total War today um, while watching college football. So that took a lot of my mental energy. Cool. But anyway... Uh, Total War is not yeah, the the Pierre Maguire thing never made sense to me because one I I just don't think he's a good hockey man like if you're gonna hire a hockey man at least <laughs> hire one of the not terrible ones and also like <laughs> the last time he worked in the NHL like neither of us were born <laughs> as, as far as I can tell with because uh, he started doing broadcasts well he looked like he was fired. Um, in early 1996 from his position of assistant head coach or assistant coach with the senators. And then he started doing broadcast stuff in 97. So like, you're not even picking, you're not even picking a hockey man who is recently in the league. No, there are so many other hockey men you could interview, but you know, who is looking for work right now? Who you might want to interview? Uh, Who? Mike Milberry. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> who's 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 next in line? Is it Jeremy Roenick? <laughs> just just anybody who's ever worked for NBC in a show that they don't know their thing. Yeah, exactly. Who I might hire. I would consider hiring. There's one NBC well, there are a few NBC guys that I would consider hiring, but there's one this might be a hot take. I might consider hiring Keith Jones to help run. Not, I don't want him as a GM or as a head coach, but I think there might be a place in some front office for Keith Jones. Yeah, I don't know. But Kevin uh, Weeks, I would hire in a heartbeat. Kevin Sharp, I would hire just because he looks good. Anson Carter generally knows what he's talking about. I might hire Liam McHugh just because of how much he's learned about the sport over the past decade or so. You know, when he started working with NBC, apparently he wasn't a hockey fan at all. And then as he's done more NHL stuff, he's learned a lot. I might just bring him a, I don't know what role he'd fit into, but I'm sure we could find something for him. This is not at all what we wanted to talk about. No. Okay, so let's head in that direction. Okay, yeah, you steer the ship. So, as I said, like the NHL is a copycat league. And it seems to me you brought up the Blackhawks. And then after the Blackhawks Kings thing, which to me, my my hot take is that that was a horrible era of hockey, but um, I'm probably biased. Disagree. In some some way. But much better than the eras before. Anyway, so you have that. And then you had the Penguins who were just like, all right, we're just going to kill them with speed. The new NHL is speed. Everybody get faster. Yes. And then you kind of had the gotten slower since then too. Then you kind of had the black or not the Blackhawks, the the Capitals right after the Penguins, who I feel like were. Yes. I've always felt like the the Capitals. Uh, people joke that the Capitals are are Sharks East or that the Sharks are Capitals West, and I I think that Washington always played uh, like the Eastern Conference version of a Western Conference team, right? Like Explain the. That. The Western Conference to me has always had like that reputation of being a very or more physical, grittier conference than the East. 
Because mm-hmm. I mean, like during the Western Conference dynasty of the Capitals, or not the Capitals, I can't talk tonight, the Kings and the Blackhawks, like they were very, especially those Kings teams, they were physical, they would cycle the puck, and they would play two-way hockey. I mean, their best player was Andre Kopitar, you know? Mm-hmm. As opposed to in the East where you had like, you know, the Penguins with like Crosby and Malkin, you know? So to me, like, I think that the Capitals were that nice blend of like, yes, we have guys who can hit like Tom Wilson and, uh, you know, just like their, their whole bottom six, right? But they also had a bunch of skill guys like Nicholas Backstrom and Ovechkin and Kuznetsov that like they had that nice balance. And then last year you had the Blues and we've now just, just had the big uh, grit revolution of that offseason where it was just like, we're just going to sign dudes who are like 6'4", 240. At Tyler Myers? Yeah, I was, I'm basically just adding Tyler Myers. Who, as we've discussed previously, is like 70% neck. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, but you, this is you make a, a very good point. So if you you know if we talk about stereotypically West Coast hockey or, or Western Conference hockey, you might think of the way the Blues won the cup. If we want to think about stereotypically East Eastern Conference hockey, we might think about the way the Penguins won the cup. Although I I don't know how much I would necessarily agree that 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 it is true, although that is generally the perception. I think there are some Eastern markets that are better at highlighting their star players or in this skill, their skill players compared to some of the Western conference markets. So for example, Tampa, right? Tampa is very much this stereotypically Eastern conference team, right? But they're built with Braden point is who's constantly marketed. Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, right? They don't really show the fact that they've, you know, they, they went and out and got Patrick Maroon, right? They or, spent a first-round pick on Barclay Goodrow, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine texted me. He was like, help me understand why people hate Tampa. And I basically told him, like, it's a little, it's like almost like a respectful hate. Like, people hate the Bruins because they're just the Bruins, and it's totally normal to hate them. But people people hate Tampa because they're sort of like kind of low key dirty, but like also they've got like a bunch of really good players that you can at least like respect them and all, but they've also got like some guys like Maroon and Goodrow and you know, some of the other guys in their depth. I guess Kucherov last night who can just play like absolute twats sometimes. (laughs) So, you know, they've got like the skill to play the skill game and the speed game, but they've also got guys who can, you know, stir things up if you, if you need to. Right. But I, I guess, I guess my point is, well, and I guess to, to your point before I get back on track to what I was trying to say, um, I also think people don't like the lightning because, well, a, I think there's this perception that a team in Florida should not be good at hockey. Um, and the lightning are kind of showing that that's not necessarily the case. Um, and they're building a respectable a fan bit or not, a, a respectable um, hockey market, I should say. The other reason I think people don't like the Lightning is I, I think people who grew up with hockey don't like going to Tampa or they don't like um, 
lightning fans in general because lightning fans for the most part didn't grow up with the sport and so, and so they didn't they it's a very different both like fans that grow up with hockey versus fans that don't grow up with hockey, I think have very different attitudes towards how to appreciate the game or how you're supposed to celebrate or how you're supposed to handle defeat and things like that and I think there's a little, little bit of conflict there yeah so uh, to me one of the other trends was just generally defense has done really well in the playoffs so far so far uh, and that's think- not a phrase that any Jets fan wants to hear no because <laughs> not until after this offseason when they go after I don't know what defensemen are out there. Uh, Crystal Tang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That after this offseason, uh, they're bringing Crystal Tang and Shane Gossis Bear um, to revolutionize. Now, now you just need to trade for Crystal Tang and then pick up or resign Dylan Demello, and you're good. Well, I, well, you bring in Crystal Tang, you resign Dylan Demello, and then you bring in the kids. Uh, do you want three? Do you want Dylan Sandberg? Well, I guess because Hanela is in Europe right now, and that's something we should mention is that the Jets have officially loaned, I think it's Hanela, and then there was... Was it Gustafson? Possibly. I think it was Gustafson. They've loaned, they've loaned a few players to the European clubs, at least for right, right now. Right, just until. to get them into, into shape. It's yeah, like... and there's, there's no reason that they can't be back with the parent club, at least as far as I know. There's no reason they can't be back with the Jets uh, before start of next season yeah i think i think those are all more like i don't want to call them conditioning yeah. sense because usually you say that for like injuries but it's basically it, just to like keep guys in shape it, it makes i mean there's no reason not to because they're not missing anything here um but back to what we were talking about the so oh yes my question was going to be you know okay so we if we bring in morrissey resign or if we have morrissey resign Demello. Um, and then go get, maybe it's not Chris Letang, but for the sake of this discussion, we'll say Chris Letang. Do we really want our other three defensemen to be Hanala, Niku, and Sandberg? Or, I mean, or you're, you're, are, are, you, are, you, are you forgetting about Morrissey and Pionk here? Or am I oh, I'm forgetting not? about Pionk. No, I, I named Morrissey. I know, it, it, was, it was mostly just like a... Like I a, forgot Pionk. Okay, so we got... Right. Morrissey, I'm just saying that you, you, you so Pionk would be the seventh. I'm just saying that you should keep keep Sam an Bird eye on like you don't want to you don't want to block the kids is what I'm saying. I, yes, correct. And I guess to that point, I think I would. I think you and I would like to see that. Is that a direction I think they're going to go in? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, but the reason I think I in particular would like to see it is because I don't think you're really going to get. If you're holding on to Nathan Bolyu or Dmitry Kulikov or Lucas Sabiza in because they are better than the kids are right now, the results that you get when they're on the ice aren't good. Like no matter what you do with with the, those players, it's not going to be good. At least with the kids, you have a chance of them getting better. Uh, yes, but. Our in-house analytics say otherwise. I, I I love how that's become the 
I love and I hate the fact that that's become the standard response to whenever, well, this is what the analytics says. Well, we've got other analytics that say otherwise, and you can't look at them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a classic move. It's (laughs) like, our numbers do not line up. You've fallen for the classic blunder. (laughs) I wonder if, if, because essentially, if I, correct me if I'm wrong. If we look at things like expected goals, right? These are essentially models. So there are weights to particular aspects of the game. Certain things are weighted differently. Yeah, I wonder it's, if that it's just mostly means that they value I, different things than what are publicly available. So, like, so the yeah, the idea is that like the idea is right. that like these teams have access to like passing information. So like, because current expected goals models don't incorporate like a pass beforehand or whatever right like mm. if you do if you go from one dot to the other and you just rip a one timer it's not going to pick up the pass because we just don't have the technology publicly but it might pick up the one timer oh it will pick up the one timer it will yeah. pick up the fact that you took a shot from the face off dot right but will it will so like when if you look at Michael's oh, it, stuff, it, it might be. They might also count as a one-timer too, but like not. Yeah. It's not like it's going to be more valuable because the pass before it was from a certain spot. That's that's interesting. I'm okay, pretty sure that's so, how that works. Okay, so getting back to, you know what? Let's start with a clean slate. How are these bubble teams built? I think you can kind of divide them into, and the favorites in Vegas and Tampa are just absolutely dominant at five on five like vegas has been i don't know if they just like cursed some witch doctor on the way out of vegas or what they just can't score they dominate play at five on five they can't score i don't know why they just can't score i mean like are they carolina west they turned Thatcher Demko and Jacob Markstrom into the two best goaltenders in this playoff. Like, how does that? I don't get Re- it. Reverse Islanders. Like the the stats that Demko put up in what like four games was ridiculous, and now they're just making Anton Gudobin look like a god. So like, Gudobin was at I least know. good before the bubble. Yeah, but it's just like. I feel like every game they're just out shooting. Like they're like almost doubling team or yeah, they're almost doubling teams in shots and they either like lose two one or they like win like three, two. And it's just like, how are you this bad at finishing? So when I look at this, this roster here, Marcia, so Carlson, Riley Smith, uh, Max Pacioretty, Paul Stastny, they've got Nicholas Roy playing second line right wing. Well, yeah, they do. Uh, they do. What, and then Mark Stone at, on the third line with Alex Tuck and Chandler Steffen. I mean, they just they just do whatever um, you know teams have always wanted to do. They just roll lines. They will. They will just roll lines. And then and then on the blue line, Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, Braden McNed, Nate, Nate Schmidt. I see a lot of skill guys: Marcia So, Carlson, uh, Riley Smith, Paul Stastny. Mark Stone, not a whole lot of grit guys. Maybe Max Pacioretty, maybe Alex Tuck. But they have Ryan Reeves. They do have Ryan Reeves on the fourth line. Ryan Reeves has to be the most fourth overrated fourth-line guy ever. <laughs> I like him. Who else writes articles 
what other fourth liner gets articles with headlines of like blank is making an impact in the series? I, I just, I don't get people's obsession. Okay, you, Ryan you don't want your fourth line guy making man. an impact in this? Impact no, in this it, it's just that, like, Ryan Reeves will go out, he'll play nine minutes, he'll throw, like, eight hits, and be, like, a minus in possession. And teams will be, or the announcers and writers will be like, yeah, so Ryan Reeves had a great night tonight. Yeah, sure, okay. I don't know, we've just all decided that, like, Ryan Reeves is, like, the greatest fourth line player in the history of the game or something, and it just bothers me. Okay, so what is, what is your takeaway from the Vegas Golden Knights roster? Mine, mine was that it's mostly skill guys. Well, mine was that they can just roll lines at you. Okay, so depth. A yeah, they've, of... got, they've got a lot of depth. Oh, okay, and also so... that they're a total possession like dynamo. Yeah, this is true. And, you know, I think it's worth noting here that the goaltending in Vegas hasn't been great. Robin Leonard, I think, has been good. Um, and they just re-signed him to a five-year deal. Rumored. Rumored five-year deal. But I, it was... I forget who it was, but it was one of the, the, like, the... I thought it was one of the, like, the... Like, Elliot Friedman or somebody who's, like... No, it was uh, Pagnota, like, the fourth um, period guy. I don't know. He's kind of hit or miss to me. A lot has happened in the last 48 hours. Okay, so that's Vegas. You say depth. I say skill and possession, less less grit. Uh, maybe not so much the speed that you get from 2016-2017 Pittsburgh Penguins, but definitely guys that can score and do well five on five. I mean, they also got a couple guys like Reeves and William Carrier that can definitely throw their weight around. Well, and who can forget the time that Max Pacioretty wanted to fight Wayne Simmons. Yeah. All right, let's do Tampa. Oh, I was going to go over to the other Western Conference team. Okay, we can do the other Western Conference team. That's fine. Just to be consistent. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, uh, Joe Pavelski. You know, I'm looking at this lineup, um, and I'm looking at a lot more grit than I'm looking at over in Vegas, possibly. I don't know if Dallas that just, assessment is off, but you, I, I look at Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. I'm not exactly sure what they're good at, but I know they're good forwards. Jamie Benn's fallen off a bit in the last couple of years. He's more That's, of a power forward, and fair. those guys just like completely fall yeah. off the cliff. Power forward, Radulov, I also think power forward generally. I don't know. I mean, he's an older guy. See, Issa Lindell, John, John Klingberg on the blue line, Heiskinen, Jamie Oleksiak. Um, Listen, I'm just saying that having both Klingberg and Mira Heiskinen is ridiculous. And I do have to shout out Yoel Kiviranta. Kiviranta, just because, not because he's Finnish and we like Finnish hockey players. Um, I, at least I assume he's Finnish with a name like Kiviranta. Um, but because if he's not in the lineup, they're not in this situation. They don't get. They don't win Game Seven without them. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what happens when you have a hat trick in Game Seven. So what what stands out to you on this Dallas Stars lineup? Well, Kudobin has been really good for them. So there's the goaltending thing, which hey, that's the thing Winnipeg has. All right, so the um, Jets are on the right track, but they also have, like I said, that combination of Mira Heiskanen and. John Klingberg and 
that's something that the Jets definitely don't have. Yeah, so the Dallas Stars defense jumps out to you, or at least jumps out to me. Klimberg, Lindell, Heiskanen, Oleksiak even. Very good, very good top four defensemen there. Um, and that's something the Jets on the Jets have um, Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello. And I, th- I think ideally Josh Morrissey isn't on your top pair. Ideally on the Jets. Sure. He's your best defenseman. Do you want him playing top pairing minutes? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Rough year for for Josh Morrissey, but it's also kind of a rough year for everyone. So I almost wonder though if you if the Jets had more defensemen that could that were reliable, or if they had more forwards that were defensively uh, consistent, if he could play those top pairing minutes and be effective. But I don't know. I I just I don't trust him against the other team's best players. I trust. I mean, he's. I don't trust anybody on the Jets' blue line with the other team's best players. Um, and I guess if anybody's got to do it, sure, Josh Morrissey is your guy, but do I want him there? I don't know. Is the takeaway from the Stars that you need to get a bunch of old guys up top? or No. Uh, by a bunch of old guys, do you mean Corey Perry and maybe Joe Pavelski? Oh, Joe Pavelski is very old. He and yes. Perry are like they might have, I don't know if they were the same are they? class. They're like the same age. There's no way Joe Pavelski Pavelski's like thirty six. Like Ten years older than Joe Pavelski. There's no way. No, he's not. Pavelski's like thirty six. Pavelski was picked. Really? Pavelski was picked in two thousand three. Wasn't Corey Perry on the Ducks when they won the cup? Yeah, but Pavelski made his NHL debut in like two thousand six. No, there's no way. Yeah. I thought he became Little Joe around like 2010. I mean, I mean, he started playing a bigger role around then, and then it was his performance in the playoffs no that uh, that upgraded him from Little Joe to Big Pavelski. But all right, yeah, I mean, you can you can look it up. I mean, there's a there's a game in 2007 where the Sharks beat the Red Wings nine to three after they scored nine straight goals. Sorry, I think a game I think a game ended nine four, but. The Sharks score like nine straight goals, and Joe Pavelski is one of them. All right, fair enough. Um, I guess my point here was, so you talked about the defense. I, I think I look at this, and it's not necessarily that the Stars are that deep, but they do have players who can step up in big situations like Kivaranta or Rupe Hintz, who's had a fantastic season and is currently listed on the fourth line, according to Daily Faceoff. I don't know how accurate that is. I feel like I hear more about Rupe Hints than I do again about uh, Faxa or Giryanov. But, but I mean, the thing that strikes me about Dallas is that they really don't have any wasted space, I should say. Okay, what do you mean? Like, I don't think they have any anchors with, with their forwards. That, I think, is a good point. They, they didn't spend heavy on, on guys that aren't, aren't going to produce other than... The fact that JB Ben Jamie Ben isn't quite living up to expectations, um, but I also don't I don't know anything about his contract. But you know, with Corey Perry, he doesn't have a very big role in this team, but his contract is also not very big either, right? Yeah, but anyway, to me, like 
at least heading into the playoffs, I thought Dallas's big thing was that they were very good defensively and their goaltending was good. And offensively, they were just totally boring. They've kind of flipped the script on that. They've been a lot better offensively. I don't know how long they're going to be able to do that for, but they've been better offensively and their goaltending is really good. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I don't know if that's just like fun with small sample sizes or, or what, but I mean, we talk about being good at five on five, like Vegas was number one in expected goals according to natural stature. You know, Tampa was number three. Dallas was number five. You know, I think you have to be debate the analytics all you want, but like teams that are really good with expected goals, like generally they do pretty well in the playoffs. We're going to take a pause before we get to Tampa. Stay tuned, and when we get back, listen to how Tampa is built. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. They ensure every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. If you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, they have what you need to support your team. If you take our word for it, then go to www.coolhockey.com slash THPN and use our promo code THPN for 30% off. Welcome back to the Grit Per 60 podcast. We're talking about these bubble teams that are remaining. We already talked about the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars, and now we're moving on to the Eastern Conference. And then we're going to talk about how this relates to the Jets and what notes they can make. So, when we talk about the Lightning, how are they built? Well, this is interesting to me because currently they are without Steven Stankos and Braden Point. Yeah, but I, I think that the thing I was going to bring up first actually was um, they're the team that's just been around for multiple years. I mean, they basically knocked on the door for what, like six, seven years here. I mean, they went Mm -hmm. to the Stanley Cup final in 2015, nearly went there again in 2016 and 2018. Yep. And last year they were the best team in the league until the playoffs hit. Correct. So that's the, they're they're like the anti jets, you know, (laughs) right? Like the jets, took forever to build a team. They got to the Western Conference final. And all of a sudden, it, it started to feel like their, their cup window just closed somehow. And it's just like, you know, comparing the Jets to the, to the Lightning, it just feels like they're two very opposite teams. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And you, you think about, for the Lightning, you got to think about how they got to this point. Right, you, you, right now you can look and see they've got all of these skill players, Kutra, Palat, Sorelli uh, is a fantastic two-way forward. Um, even someone like Tyler Johnson, playoff all-star Barclay Goodrow, right? Um, I threw that last one in there just for you. Thank um, you. <laughs> and then, and that's not even mentioning, you know, Steven Stamkos and Braden Point. They got to this point by hitting on draft picks constantly. 
Yeah, I mean, they got... Over and over again. I mean, what? Point, Palat, Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman. Yep. It's, was Sorelli... Uh, I want to say Sorelli, Sorelli was drafted by the Lightning because I don't know. Oh, yeah, Tyler Johnson, Anthony Sorelli. Yeah, just like a few of those players. Yeah, but I, like, guess it, I guess it is very, very Jetsy, though. Yeah, but Lightning somehow did it... Did they just do it faster, I guess? I don't have draft years memorized, but well, they've also done a really good job with other areas of the team. Like they've also done well in free agency. They've done well with trades. Remember the jets never trade anyone for anything. So, well, they're going to, ha- I feel like the jets are going to have to because they, I mean, take for instance, they swapped Jonathan drew in for Mikhail Sergachev. Yeah, they did, they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, the Lightning got aggressive a couple of years ago at the deadline. Yeah. Rod and Ryan McDonough. You know, that, that, that's a first-round pick that they sent away. But they Kevin Shattenkirk. It. Kevin Shattenkirk was a, was a cheap pickup in free agency. And I guess the Kevin Shattenkirk thing, we'll, we'll really see if that pays out if the Lightning win the Cup. Right. Because that's why they went and got Kevin, Kevin Shattenkirk. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that's a move that's, like, validated or not because, because they win a Cup. Or if they don't, I guess. But ha- how how much has he really produced for them up to this point? I'm not, I haven't really looked into Kevin Shattenkirk, but you know he's still a good defenseman. I mean, he's a good. He was a cheap pickup for them in free agency, but he's he's been playing well for them. You know, it's it's the little moves as much as the big moves, and Tampa has hit on a lot. And they're, they're I mean, they're doing their best to to ruin it by pushing for a cup now but that's not the point my point is they built through the draft and i think that's more and more common all the time we need to build through the draft build through the draft right that's the most efficient way to get young talent in Um, well especially if you're a team like winnipeg and according to popular belief no free agent ever wants to go there because it's dark and cold and there's no airport and there's no wi-fi so um, and I, I guess to me, that's why I'm hesitant when people want to trade draft picks for players that will help the Jets win right now. Because I, the draft is essentially one big lottery. And the more draft picks you have, the better chance you have to hit. Right? And I'm not saying the Jets need to hit like the Lightning did. And the Jets have hit a few times. Right? You think about... Well, most of their core is is drafted drafted right i mean i'm sorry i'm going to borrow from marat here but Love basically basically guys like truba drafted hellbuck drafted um lowry cop line a yep. kyle connor nikolai ellers mark Scheifele, right like these guys yeah all drafted so yes like that's the part where they're kind of jetsy but the Jets have are the running out of talent in that department. Well, also the guys they that don't they've have drafted, very much. Yes, are now on pipeline. much more expensive draft picks, or sorry, they're on much more expensive contracts. Yes, and uh, I believe uh, when Corey Pronman did like the athletics rankings of like uh, organizations, Winnipeg was actually in the teens, I think. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. They actually moved from twenty seventh last year to 
16th this year. That's that's fine. Oh, that's an, that's an imp- improvement. Right, but th- I guess that's another reminder that Winnipeg's kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to mention about the Lightning? Um, they also have a goaltender who's up for um, the Vesna Trophy, but that's because he wins games, not because he's you know actually the he best is- goaltender in the league. Yes, yeah, Vasilevsky is, is good, but he's not Connor Hellebuck. He's not, he, no, he's not Connor Hellebuck. No. But he is a top five goalie in this league. Maybe even top three goalie in this league. I don't know. Goaltending's weird. Goalies are weird. Goalies are voodoo. And we are, that's why we're moving on to the New York Islanders. God, I, I, can't, I will who, never understand the New York Islanders. Goaltending apparently is all they know. I don't you want know, to find dining and goaltending. New York is so weird. Like <laughs> they don't, they're not like a super interesting you know, team to, to me. Who you say New York is so weird and he's going to love it. They're not like the most interesting team in the world, right? They don't have a superstar, but they're really well coached. They're really well organized. Yeah. And despite the fact that they don't do well in the courses, they do well in expected goals. So, also, it just so it just annoys well, me. Sorry, hold up. I was looking at um, I was looking at playoff stats instead of expected goals in the regular season. But I don't know. They just annoy me because I feel like I've never gotten the Islanders. Like I've just never totally understood them. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at the playoff wise. They've done decently well with with the expected goals, but in the radio season, they were 20th in expected goals, according to the, uh, not the other face off natural stature. So like, I, I don't know if part of it is just that I'm annoyed and that every time I predict that the Islanders are going to lose or that they're going to fall off a cliff, they just never do. And it makes me mad because I hate yeah. being wrong. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's, the yeah. other thing that annoys me is they have Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock, who are apparently different people. And yeah. they play on this on the ice at the same time all the time. I mean, yeah, like defensively, like they're pretty deep. I mean I don't know. I just I don't also, really have a whole lot to say on on the Islanders other than I just don't get them. Like Cal Clutterbuck. I don't know why he just annoys me. Well, he's got a really punchable face. Just, and it's so easy to just call him Cal Clusterfuck. Like, how long did it take for you to come up with that? Oh, somebody else said it. I think there was a one of the Flyers players in post game called him Cal Clusterfuck. Um, Someone should call him California Clusterfuck. Just a California. Like, cl- you know, don't make don't the know. nickname longer. That's just a mouthful. Right, right. But it's funnier because you're just butchering his name even more. Well, we'll workshop it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think a lot of what you said there, just there are, are a handful of players that really stand out. Um, the Barzal, Lee, Eberle, Pajot, maybe Brock Nelson. I, I guess what annoys me about the Islanders Alec. is the idea that like they're better off without John Tavares. Yeah, and I think that's really dumb. Well, they're doing better without him. Yeah, but they're not doing better because 
they got rid of him. Well, let, let me ask you this. Did, did not paying Tavares or getting rid of Tavares, did that open up space for some of these other players to do well? I mean, it opened up more space for them to give out bad contracts to people, sure. If, if he's on this team, do they go out and get Pajot? Probably not, but I mean, that, that would be because their center depth would be like Tavares and Barzal and Brock Nelson or whatever. I'm, I'm just saying, Pajot is a, a big reason why the Islanders are where they are, and I think that's worth thinking about. I mean, we can I, live in this. We can I, live think, in- I think part of the other reason why I'm annoyed is that uh, Lou Lamorello just won like GM of the year or whatever. Oh, yeah. When yeah. most yeah. of the pieces that are the reason why they're good were already, were already there, there when he came yeah. in. And it wasn't because I of mean, anything that he did this year. And I mean, he did go get Peugeot, like I just mentioned. So that is something. I guess Peugeot in green, but it's just like. I, those I, were, I, those were, those I were, can't give Bula Morello GM of the year because he brought in Andy Green. Those were deadline deals. Yes. So, so what? He made two good moves at the deadline. Like, correct. Eh, I don't know. I I just I don't get it. I I mean I like their defense. Their defense is good. So um, I guess for the Jets, does this mean? I mean, it's another check mark for the goaltending position for sure. Well, I was gonna say, does for the Jets, does this mean get a better coach? Maybe. But you know, you hear to hear first. Brennan says. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not a big Paul Maurice fan, but Maurice out. Brennan said it. You heard it. But um, you know, I said this when Brian was here, and I think I said it last week, and I think I said it in the same way too. Is that I don't really think that like there's that big of a difference between like I feel like there's a big middle class of NHL coaches. There are a couple that are downright terrible. There are a handful that are good. And everybody else is just the same, like, vanilla brand of mediocre or mediocrity. And Paul Maurice is definitely in there. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Go get LaViolette. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, ha- he won a cup. Yeah, but that was 14 years ago. Yeah. But he's got a cup. How many other coaches on the market can say that? So are you saying that the uh, the Jets should bring in Randy Carlisle because he's won a cup? Sure, why not? No. I don't know. I don't know coaches. Because that well. hey, that would definitely put uh, that would definitely let us see if the Jets defense could get any worse. It'd be <laughs> to bring in Randy Carlisle. Oh my god. All right. Someone's got to hire Gerard Gallant, right? I guess that's that's that whole thing has been weird to me too. How is he not gonna like, like not even as like an assistant? I don't. I wonder if he doesn't want to be an assistant because he's good enough to be a head coach. Why would you take an assistant position if you're good enough to be a head coach? I don't know. Maybe he's still waiting on that taxi ride from from the Panthers. Okay, so what are some lessons learned here for the Jets? Uh, good coaching. 
and well, I mean, uh, not just for the Islanders, um, as a whole, to summarize what we've learned. Well, the Islanders also have a similarity with the Jets in that they both have homegrown one seas mm-hmm. with uh, Shifley for Shifley. the Jets and yeah. Barzal. Barzal. Yeah. I believe Matthew probably should have been picked by the Bruins, Barzal. So the answer is clear. Draft a 2C. Oh, hey, that's another thing. Uh, the Bruins also passed on Kyle Connor, too. So, Boom, roasted. Never, Wait, never, so never forget. Team. Never forget the Bruins had three straight picks in the maybe one of the best first rounds in NHL history. And but didn't they up, like nobody other than Jacob DeBrusque. Yeah, Jake DeBrusque. That's how I was trying to think. For some reason, I thought um, McAvoy was in there, but it was, it was DeBrusque. Yeah, it was, it was like DeBrusque. I knew it was, they got one guy that was actually decent. It was like DeBrusque and then like Zaboral and I came in. Oh, um, Zach Senishin. Yikes. Yeah, big oof. Okay, Zoomer. You got anything else? I was going to say, you know, if we look not just at the Islanders, but if we look at the Islanders, the Lightning, the Stars, the Knights, what takeaways do we have for the Jets? What are some things they can actively go do to, to become more like these teams that have been successful? Uh, hope that you can uh, get the same sort of performance from Connor Halbach moving forward. Check. Uh, continue to draft and develop players. That's going to be tricky. Especially because you got guys on big contracts right now. Like You're going to need at least like decent depth players on ELCs. I'm not saying you have to go out and get another Shifley in the draft, but it would help to get like another Andrew Kopp or another Jack Roslevic or, or, God forbid, or, a defenseman. Or hope Veselainen works out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you and I are not prospect people. Not really, no. So we can't really, I don't know, I don't really have a take on Veselainen ready or anything, but. You know, I, I do think, yes, there's power in having homegrown players because you have the ELCs, you have, you know, RFA deals. You know, that can help you with your cap, especially if you're going to pay Blake Wheeler until he's in retirement. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I think the other thing is also to, to be aggressive. The Ooh. Vegas was very aggressive when they came into the league. I mean, okay. Be aggressive, but don't be wasteful. Right. And you could argue that the Jets were wasteful with Kevin Hayes and Paul Stastny. I, I can kind of get that. But there is, yes, there's a certain amount of risk that you have to take when you're going all in. And, you know, like Vegas went out and got Pacioretty and Stone in their second year in the league. Tampa went out and sold the farm for... Then it was JT Miller, and then they moved him. And then it was um, uh, Ryan McDonough. They had two first-round picks. They could have kept them. Instead, they moved them for Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow. I, I just don't know if the Jets are ready to go all in. Then when are they? <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, just... the, thing about, the thing about like going all in is... Okay, so you had, what, one or two playoff runs before this season right when your playoff window opened if you go all in that's another one maybe two 
playoff runs. Is that a big enough of a playoff window for this team? And then you're stuck doing what? Rebuilding again? Listen, I'm just saying that Kyle Connor is 23. Line A is 22. Sure. Ellers is 24. Cop and Lowry are still in their primes. Like, you know, Jansen Harkins and Jack Rozovic are 23. Morrissey's 25. Pionk's 25. Like, these are guys in, like, the primes of their careers. I think this is the... I don't really think that there's a better time than to say we need to surround this core that we have while they're still in their prime. Because otherwise, what was, what was the point in going out and getting all those guys? No, I mean, and you're right. I'm just... I'm trying to find what the best path is for this Jets team long-term. And I... Well, yes, that's, that's the challenging part. But... They're not in a good spot right now. But the, again, they, they have players. They have a core that I feel that like a lot of teams would like to have. Oh, for sure. But they have a lot of major problems that need to be solved. Um, they do. They are but, ready to go all in and go win a cup. They do, but I think... I don't know. You can, you can retool yourself pretty easily. As long as you do it right. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Is that maybe if is that you know? I mean, even the stars like they went out and signed Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry. They signed a bunch of old dudes because they had decided, hey, times now. Like we're we're just going to bring in some old, experienced veterans, and we're going to take a stab at it because we have we have Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. We don't know how much longer they're going to be this good. I guess to that point, they didn't sign those players to big contracts that are going to weigh the team down in the future. Well, I don't want to know what the third year that Pavelski deal is going to be like. Oh, well, that's true. But yeah, I mean... Right now, he looks fine. To me, other than the Islanders, like it's pretty obvious to me that three of those four teams were pretty aggressive in trying to make their teams better. Well, I would say probably... I don't really know how much longer the Islanders' window is going to be open as well. Oh, that offseason is going to be fun. With their cap situation, good luck with that. Um, the And the Lightning definitely have gone all in. and But the Lightning have been... Com- See, and this is the difference between the Lightning and the, the Jets, is that the Lightning's window is closing, and we know it's closing. But they have been competitive since 2015, right? Whereas the Jets have been competitive since 2016, 2017, maybe, and this season, not really. They were competitive for two years. Yeah. Oh. Like, that, that, that's a huge difference. But hey, also, like, the Islanders went from having their best player leave town to being in the Eastern Conference final in that's two true. years. Like, well, I was, I was trying to compare the Lightning to the Jets. Right, yeah, I was just, I'm just saying that there are... Contrast, I guess. Yeah, I I don't know. I know where I'm going with this, but I I think there are routes that it's possible for the Jets to be competitive again. Like, Oh, it's it's definitely possible. I I think that there's too much talent available for them to just sit in neutral for a couple more years. 
like that like like i said like that core of guys who are just like in their early to mid 20s like you can do something with that so if the jets have another offseason where they just kind of sit back and don't really do a whole lot like uh, i don't know how i'd feel about that you know and and it's definitely possible i i'm just i'm very pessimistic for the jets long term success and I think that's fair. I think a lot of it will depend on what they do this offseason. I don't know. All right. You got anything else? I was about to ask you the same thing. Uh, I'm going to go with no, unless no. you got anything. Uh, my final thought is Connor Hellebuck. All right. So, yes, Connor Hellebuck. But you can follow me on Twitter at bfarrell727. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. You can follow the pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gripper60Pod. And don't forget to follow all of our friends here at the podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, thank you for listening and have a good one. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey, then... And each other was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music.